Student Podcast. My name is Aaron, and we're going to be talking about Jukin today. Hey there, Aaron. Hey, Dr. Grinnell. How you doing? So we're going to be talking about Jukin. Can you explain what is Jukin? Well, Jukin literally means taking an examination, but it usually refers to university tests that most Japanese students in high school take in order to move on to the next level of university. And it's not, it's not just a normal test by any means. It determines your future, essentially, to get into a university which should be prestigious because for many large companies, prestigious universities is what they're looking for, and that's how they get employees. So that's obviously what most Japanese students are going to try to get into, University of Tokyo, Boseto. Mm-hmm. KO. And the only way to get in is by doing well on these really important tests. So uh, as a college student yourself, is this something you can sympathize with, the, the kind of pressures of taking tests? Or, or what is it that interested you in this topic in the first place? Well, I was interested because the pressure is really big. Like in UBC, for example, there are extracurriculars that we have to talk about. We have to like say what we've done during high school, why we want to come here, all, like a bunch of extra things. But like we have our transcripts too with their grades, but there's no end-all, be-all test that we have. And that's and that was pretty interesting, to be honest with you. And that's why I looked into it. And then the terms like uh, examination hell, juken jugoku, which is pretty crazy. And like people are stressing out. They go to cram school every day. They drop everything, focus on this one test, this one, one shot <laughs> at being successful. And it was pretty nice just looking into it. And like this whole, this single test spawned an industry an industry of schools that are specialized at just memorizing certain mm-hmm. questions, which kind of subverts the whole education system, maybe. You know what I mean? Because you got you to know this, 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 in order to be successful at this one test, in order to get to your university you want to get into, which is pretty nice. So, so it's an entrance exam that, so each school has its own entrance exam, or how exactly does this exam system work? So there's, there's two tests, usually. One is the nationwide exam, which goes over five subjects. The subjects would be English, social sciences, natural sciences, math. Mm-hmm. And I forgot what the fifth one was, but essentially every student, they do those like five subjects, irrespective of what you want to do in the school itself. And the second exam would be one specific to the university itself. So it's, it's usually catered to the faculty that you want to get into. And the thing is, it's again, the, the test can be a bit hard. So, for instance, for the universities that everyone against the University of Tokyo and so on, it's, it's going to be a bit more um, difficult, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And just getting into university is hard to begin with in Japan from the really old source, I have to admit. Mm-hmm. It was one in three don't get in. So that's it's a big, it's a big number. And then along with that bigger number of not getting in for just the university that's desired, mm-hmm. which leads to Ronin, Masterless Samurai, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. famous term. And then if they don't get into the university they want to get into, they go into the Yobiko, mm-hmm. which is like a subset of Juku, cram schools, which is mm-hmm. famous with East Asian nations in general. Mm-hmm. And they do that in order to memorize, cram, drill, cram, to <laughs> try and just get into the university they want in order to get into hopefully a good company for their future. And as you mentioned, getting into the University of Tokyo does kind of set you up for the rest of your life. Because if you get into one of these great schools like University of Tokyo or Waseda, Keio, because of the way the hiring practices is, if you if you graduate from these schools, you'll get a good job. And so it kind of guarantees yourself a good future. And so you can imagine it even puts more and more stress on that initial entrance examination. So how is it that a student will prepare for this? Well. 
they again the the industry of the cram school system which is focused on getting into the uh, like like being successful in these uh, tests mm-hmm. would be what they would do. And so and these are the juku. The juku. And so how does the juku system work? The juku system, there. Well, essentially, there's two functions to it. Uh, again, one would be to to drill to get to be essentially masters of a test. Mm-hmm. So to be good at answering your questions quickly. And then uh, again, the cram schools they they find out what the general ex- like questions are in the tests, and then they put it into something called mock exams. Mm-hmm. And then these ki- these kids in these cram schools go over these mock exams, mm-hmm. many of them, and then like the results generated will lead to the second function, which is the results that they get will be correlated with the general ranking difficulty of each university. And then they try and find out which <laughs> which university these kids are near in terms of successfulness. And then they tell I tell this student, so you're according to your results, you might not be able to get into Tokyo, but you can get into so and so, which is sure. just crazy. Sure. And then that means like either they need to keep trying or they just trying to do that entrance exam for a lower ranked school. Yeah. So these aren't necessarily remedial schools the same way that you think of summer school in the U.S. or, or other types of uh, other types of tutoring programs in North America. They're more targeted at particular schools and particular subjects. Or are these the the Yobiko that you mentioned? Yeah, Yobiko uh, definitely definitely catered to. So ju- so cra- Juku cram schools are I, you can say general. Mm-hmm. So elementary middle school for uh, specific exams to. This won't be for university, but it would be for like the elite middle schools, middle schools, elementary schools, high schools, and that's it's not like it's it's kind of like the 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 juken where it's university, but it's also for it's just for the mm-hmm. lower levels, mm-hmm. and like it's 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 crazy. It's the the reputation, mm-hmm. the reputation permeates in the whole system, where if you get into a good elementary school, you'll be higher chance, mm-hmm. higher chance to go to elementary school and so on and so on. It's just nuts. And yeah, so Yobiko would be catered directly towards high school students looking to get into the universe they want right. to, or for the vast majority of them, the Ronin who either failed mm-hmm. altogether or they didn't get into the one they wanted to. And so these would be targeted, uh, certain Yobiko would be targeting certain schools, right? So uh, I think one that I, one that I was familiar with even called itself the the Soke Yobiko or something like that. They're just targeting because Soke is, is an abbreviation for Waseda and Keo. Or it would be like the Waseda seminar or the Todai seminar or something like this. Targeting specifically the entrance exam at University of Tokyo for those students who were really were heart set on going to those schools. But you mentioned that this even goes all the way down these cram schools, which I think is probably the best term because you really are just cramming all this information yeah. in. Go all the way down to middle school. Why so young? Some, for some for some schools, there's something called they're like they're called elevator systems, whereby it starts when they're young, so they go through an interview process for a primary school, and then if they get in, they're able to just get into the school and then just move up pretty pretty easily, pretty easily up to um, the highest level university, and that usually makes it pretty easy for uh, kids all all together. And I think I think even some of the the higher reputation schools have that as well, for high school university. Well, yeah, especially private schools. Uh, the, the, one, the one example that's always thrown out is, is the KO system. Yeah. Very well-known private university, but of course they have their high school, they have their, their middle school, they have, or their, of course, one of the most well-known examples is KO, this very well-known private university. 
but below the university, of course, they have their high school, then they have their junior high school, their middle school. Uh, Yeah, I'm not exactly sure where they are geographically spread out, but the idea being, well, if you get into the first one, you know, you have a, a better shot of, of getting into the stage above. So for these, these really, these really, <laughs> these really, let's say, uh, energetic parents who have big dreams for their kids and want to make sure the kid has a good life in the future, well, maybe we'll put them in a, in a juku even to get into preschool or something like this, of course, yeah. to be a little bit, uh, a little bit hyperbolic about it. But you got to imagine, what is this doing to the kid as the student? And so what is the life course of the student like, or the daily life of the student going through one of these programs? In terms of high school, a typical day, if you're going into university, for example, uh, so you wake up five in the morning, six in the morning, I don't know what the time they wake up. And sometimes if you're lucky, (laughs) sometimes if you're lucky, you'll be able to walk to school. So like 15, 30 minutes, that's awesome. However, again, reputation, you you might want to go to a school three hours away. So you wake up, you take the train, go go to school, and do take your classes. So you're already exhausted. You're already exhausted from the commute. After after your classes, you're done at like 4 p.m. or so. Sometimes there are clubs you can go to, but because of the university and the exam taking precedent for your life and future, you're probably not going to be able to do it. And if, you take, and if you're on a team, maybe, maybe, but like you're going to have a longer day. So therefore, instead of a club, it's going to be cram school. You just walk over to the cram school, cram the information into your head, be ready for this final test. And finally, like, by the time you get home, it's already going to be the next day. And, you're gonna <laughs> and then you're going to take a three-hour nap and go to school again. Yeah, there was a, a, recently the education minister even said something like, uh, high school students only need six hours of sleep per day. And you can imagine the rest of the time, like you said, you wake up five, six in the morning, some clubs like the kendo club or, or the Aikido club, something like this, you'll have practice before school even. Go, go practice uh, before school for an hour or two, go, or if you're the baseball club, if you're, if you're at one of these schools that takes baseball very seriously, you'll do your practice in the morning, finish class at, at three, four o'clock, do another practice, go straight to the juku where you're going to cram for the next six hours preparing for the exam, come home 10, 11 o'clock at night, do the whole thing over. Absolutely incredible. Like, the culture is just different. The culture is different in Japan compared to North America, I guess. And, yeah. This even leads to something that's, that's known as gogatsubyo, or May sickness in Japan. Because the, the academic year starts in April. Right. And so gogatsubyo or, or April or May sickness is used to describe the the kind of sense of depression that students get around May, right after they've entered college. Because you can imagine you know, these students who are going through this examination hell have gone through this whole elevator program. You know they've been they've been living their lives with this big goal of getting to college the whole time. Every, every waking hour has been stressing about passing these exams to get into college. And so they've had this, this drive their entire life of getting into college. And everything they've done has been geared and designed to that one thing. They always knew what they had to do. And it was, if you're, any free time was supposed to be spent studying. But then you get into college and you're like, what do I do now? <laughs> what do I do now? And so then it was actually a, a, a pretty uh, widespread phenomenon of people saying, well, kind of like losing any sort of identity or losing sen- any sense of direction. And so then you get to college and then just don't really study. 
in Japanese colleges because again it doesn't really matter if you graduate from the prestigious university you'll get a, a you'll get a job in any event doesn't really matter what you major in or how your grades are are you feeling the same kind of thing as a student in uh, UBC I'm freaking out I'm freaking out not even fourth year I'm already freaking out and like, yeah like again for they call it a vacation over there once you enter college like I didn't no free rides over here. You gotta, you gotta try. You gotta try really hard to get job. I'm already tearing up. Um, but yeah, it's 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 absolutely crazy compared to us. Well, on that note, best of luck with your exams. Thank you Meiji at 150 podcast is hosted by Tristan Gruno at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. This podcast would not be possible without the cooperation of the UBC Center for Japanese Research and the technical assistance of the UBC Faculty of Arts, ISIT. Find out more about the Meiji at 150 project, including the Meiji at 150 lecture series, digital teaching resource, and workshop series by visiting our website. Meiji at 150.arts.ubc.ca. Thank you for listening. <laughs>